You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we'll get there in just a few moments. Well, we're in the Advent season learning about the gifts, and I believe, like I said last week, that one of the most important things that makes Christmas so spectacular is the giving and the receiving of gifts. How many of you remember the first outstanding gift you received at Christmas time. Go ahead and raise your hand. You remember that. Maybe by a parent or a grandparent, a sibling, you know, a friend, or whatever it may be. Now, if you're at my age of 39, <laughs> you know, back then it could have been, which I loved, was a BB gun, a daisy or whatever, the Red Rider BB gun. Some of you, maybe was a dollhouse. Maybe it was a tricycle or a bicycle. And for some of you younger people today, maybe it is an iPad or a computer or it was a watch or, or whatever it may be. But I think there are just some certain gifts that just kind of stand out in our minds and in our memories. Last week, I said I think we all agree that the greatest gift that happened was a little over 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, right? God sent his only son, gave us Jesus Christ. And he is actually the gift. He allowed him to come from heaven to earth. But what I want you and I to do in these days, moving forward to Christmas, is by the study of Scripture and our time together of worship and such, is about learning the gifts that we receive. And last week, we talked about the gift of a helper. And we all need help a lot of the times. But we have to let the helper know just how much we need his help. And then also the gift of a home. We'll look at it next week. And today, we're going to look at the gift of hope. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. And today, we're going to be looking together at a little lady. In fact, she is one of the characters of Christmas, but there's very little said about her. In fact, there's only three verses in the Bible that talks about this little lady named Anna. Now, Anna was a prophetess. In fact, her name means grace. It means favor. She seems to be a very minor character in the Christmas story, but what you and I are going to see this morning that she was a spiritual giant, and she lived a life of hope. How many of you this morning can honestly say there have been times that I have felt hopeless? Ten of you. How many of you would be honest to say, Pastor, even this Christmas season, I need some hope? The Bible says in Luke 2, beginning with verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, 
of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. Now, by the way, that's just a very nice way of the Holy Spirit just kind of saying that she was an old lady, okay? And the Holy Spirit is very gracious. The Holy Spirit is very nice right here. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, 37 and then as a widow until she was 84. Now, your Bible or your translation may have a little notation there because in the Greek, in fact, most scholars believe that the more accurate translation is that she was a widow for 84 years or has been a widow for 84 years. And think about that for a moment. In Bible times, they would get married very, very early, 14, 15, 16 years old. She was married for seven years, probably had two or three children. But, in, but seven years into her marriage, her husband died, and now she's been a widow for 84 years. Most scholars believe that Anna died somewhere between the age of 102 and 103, maybe even 106 years old. The Holy Spirit was very nice. She was just advanced in years. It goes on to say, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Well, what can you and I learn about these simple short verses about this aged woman? Not much is written about her, like I said earlier. What do we learn? Well, there must be something for us to learn in this that the Holy Spirit preserved this in His Word for over 2,000 years. And I believe today that there are two major observations that we can learn about this woman with regards to hope. And the first is this. She made a decision by faith to cultivate an attitude of hope. She lived a life of hope. And that's what many of us need to do today. We need to quit thinking that we're in such a hopeless situation. God does not know what a hopeless situation is. Amen? She cultivated an attitude of hope. And again, if there's ever been a time in our nation, if there's ever been a time this year in 2021 in which the world today needs to hear a message of hope, it is now. There is so much uncertainty. We said this back a year ago. If we ever needed to hear a message of hope, it was last year. We're saying it again the year. Next year, it just continues and continues. You see, there's just so much fear. There's so much anxiety. And what we need to communicate today is a message of hope. It's very interesting what happens every year about this time. About a week or so, now hear this, about a week or so before Christmas, there is very little counseling. Most of your institutions, most of your hospitals that deal with drug abuse, alcohol abuse, counseling almost kind of dries up. But then about two weeks after Christmas, everyone's busy. Every hospital, every institution, and every counselor, sociologists, and psychiatrists tell us that what happens in this season is that people begin to have expectations for Christmas. 
They begin to have hope for Christmas. And they don't need counseling. And they don't need this kind of help. But they have this built up expectation. It may be in this season that they begin to drink. And they begin to drink away what they believe to be a way to deal with their issues or their problems. They may shop a lot. They're shopaholics. Amen. They may go from Christmas party and Christmas gathering to Christmas party and Christmas gathering. But there is this expectation that they have built up in their life. But within a week or two, after Christmas, about the middle of January, they realize something else. Now you think about that. They realize that the expectation they had hoped they had built up disappears. It dissipates, and it's gone, and they become very discouraged. They become anxious. They become stressful, and all they've really done is just drink their problems aside, or they built up in their minds expectations that did not come to fruition. There are people that you know, and I know. There are perhaps even you. And the message that you need to hear this morning is this. There is hope available, and that hope available is from the Helper. And it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. There are several things that I want you to think about this woman. Some things that we need to observe or notice about her. One is that she is a very mature woman. Now, we know, and we looked at it a moment ago as we were going uh, reading this passage there in verse 36 and it uses the phrase that she was advanced in years okay so you kind of like that if you're an older person that's a very nice way that the Holy Spirit puts it you know my kids don't say daddy you're just old they don't just say daddy you're mature and you're advanced in years you understand in verse 36 it says and there was a prophetess Anna the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. Actually, in the Greek language, it is rendered this way. She was advanced in years greatly. Again, most scholars would tell you that she was at least 100 years of age. That she had been a widow for 84 years. She was a mature woman. And she had made a decision in life. That as she grew older, she would recognize that God was at work and that God had had his hand upon her. And she made the decision that as she grew older, she would not grow bitter, but that she would grow, say it with me, better. Yes. There's a lady by the name of Jen Clement. She was a French woman who lived to be 120 years old. She's one of the oldest people according to having documentation of birth certificates. A little after she turned 100, she was asked this question. What are the benefits of living past 100? To which she very quickly responded by saying, listen to this, very little peer pressure. <laughs> Amen. That makes sense, doesn't it? Well, you and I have to make a decision as we grow older. Look at this. Are we going to allow ourselves to grow bitter 
Or are we going to allow ourselves to grow better and develop and cultivate an attitude of hope? And not only was she advanced in years and very mature in her age, but the Bible also tells us that she was a prophetess. Now, being a prophetess meant that she could be a spokesperson for God and for the Word of God. But she also may have had the gift of being able to speak about the future. But that's what she did. In fact, the Bible says that every day she would go to the temple. In her career, she was a prophetess. She spoke with authority the words of truth. And she did that every day. The Bible actually says day and night. And as a prophetess, she was developing this attitude of hope. This attitude of hope. Because the Bible goes on and tells us that we need to understand that she was single again. See, she was looking for a redeemer. She was looking for a savior. That's why it was easy for her to have this attitude of hope. Now think about her being single again. She married very young. She probably perhaps had a couple of children. But then her husband died. And here it is. She's been a widow for 84 years. For much of her life, for the majority of her life, she lived alone. We know that there's a growing number of women that are over the age of 65 that are home alone. There are some of you in this place this morning that you know the pain that Anna experienced. Because maybe since last Christmas, there's been a death. There's been a death of a spouse, the death of a parent, or death of a child. Maybe there's been divorce. This time last year, you weren't divorced. So when it comes to pain and heartache that Anna knew, you can actually relate. You know that journey that Anna lived. And so you have to make a decision just as Anna did. Do you grow bitter or do you grow better? And you grow better by cultivating by faith in the Word of God an attitude of hope. Because, listen, it is crucial to look at life through the eyes of hope. If there is a lesson that I can lay in your mind or on your heart this morning, it is this. As we grow older, and as we experience pain and difficulty in our life, it is crucial that we develop an attitude of hope, a lifestyle of hope that will see life through the eyes of hope. That's what we need to do. We need to see life through the eyes of hope. I think of it this way. When my daughter, my oldest daughter, Amberly, was a little girl, we would go, our first trip was to Disney World. I said, I'd never go back to that place again, and eight times later, you know, here we go. Y'all know how it is. But we would, uh, and then downtown in Mobile, they have this thing called Mardi Gras Parade. But you know, when you have little kids and the parade's coming, they can't really see, Dad, Dad, put me on your shoulders. So we, I would put her on my shoulders. You remember those days? Some of you still do stuff like that where there's parade for whatever it is. Why would I do that? So she could see further. So she could see better. And what I'm saying to you this morning, and what you need to hear me, hear me say very carefully, hear this. 
what God provides in the Christmas story by faith through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit would take you and place you on His shoulders so that you can see a bit further and you can see a bit better because you're looking at life and you're looking at the future through His eyes, the eyes of hope. Now, does that mean that you could fully understand? Does that mean that you can see everything clearly? No, but you can see better. Remember, the Bible says one day it's going to be removed that we can just see. And you can see with hope. And some of you have found yourself in what you believe this morning to be a hopeless situation. And you, by faith, and the Word of God need to allow the Holy Spirit to put you on His shoulders that you can see a bit better. And that you can see through His eyes, the eyes of hope. I believe that she was able to develop that kind of hope. How was she able to cultivate that in her life? Well, what I love about the Word of God is that it tells us right here. It tells us in verse 37 that she did not depart from the temple, and that she worshiped, and she fasted, and she prayed. Can I ask you, when was the last time you truly worshiped? You truly fasted. And in your fasting, when God brought that difficult situation or whatever you was praying for, you began to pray for that situation. And believe. Verse 37. And then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple. Worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. See she incorporated in her life. Those daily spiritual disciplines. Of worship and prayer and fasting. And it's through prayer and worship and fasting. That God cultivated in her. An attitude of hope. So as her outer person deteriorated. Her inner person kept maturing. And as we get older, we need to understand. We need to see and understand that, in fact, God is at work. And we need to ask ourselves, as I'm getting older, am I getting better or am I growing bitter? Look at this. And it's never too late for God to change us and enable us to look at life through the eyes of of hope. Do you believe that statement this morning? Do you believe that statement this morning? Amen. So we see this about Anna. This sweet elderly woman. She had the attitude of hope. But the other thing that we notice about her. Is that she not only had the attitude of hope. And lived hope. But she knew the source of hope. See some of you are here today. You really don't. Have any hope because you don't know the source of hope. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not your bank account. It's through the one and only Jesus Christ himself. Because it tells us right here in verse 38. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She was waiting for the Redeemer. She was waiting for that one that would come and set the nation free. The one that would redeem. 
Now verses 21 and 22 reset the scene and tells us this. And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So here's the story. Here's the context of the baby Jesus and Anna. Mary and Joseph, when Jesus was eight days old, made the six to eight mile journey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem to the temple. This is very interesting, by the way. For the baby Jesus, according to the law, the law handed down from God to Abraham way back in the Old Testament, it said, for every Jewish boy on the eighth day, well, he was to be circumcised. While at the temple, Anna sees the Redeemer and probably overhears a little uh, earlier Simeon who says this child is the one we've been waiting for. Now, this eight days in circumcision is crucial. Right after World War II, doctors began to study this thing of circumcision. And what they discovered is that when a little boy is born, on day three, four, and five, there is a particular vitamin, the vitamin K. That is the lowest that it will ever be in his life. But on the eighth day, it is the highest that it will ever be. Vitamin K is that vitamin that is used to coagulate blood. Isn't God awesome? You see, thousands of years ago, God, that God, listen, God made a covenant with Abraham. And he says to Abraham, there's going to be a nation. There's going to be people. And my people through you. And I covenant with you that I will send a Redeemer. I will send a Savior. I will send a Messiah. And this covenant is marked by circumcision. So this prophetess, Anna, was over 100 years old. And she goes to the temple every day. And every day, she's worshiping, she's fasting, and she's praying. And the Bible says she's there for one reason. Because she's looking for the Redeemer. She's looking for the Blessed One. She's looking for the Anointed One, the one that would come and set his people free. And she overhears Simeon, the old man of God. This is the one. This is the one. In verse 38, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And you ought to underline that word redemption there if you got it in front of you. Multiple times in the New Testament, the word redemption or that word redeem is used. And there are two or three different Greek words that are used. And it means to purchase or it means to buy. This particular word means to buy again. In fact, this particular word that is used here in Luke 2.38, it was used in describing Someone who would purchase or buy someone out of slavery. Never to be sold again into slavery. Not just to purchase, not just to buy, but to buy to never be sold again. It is crucial. This is important and this is what Anna knew. 
that there was one that would come and would purchase us, that would buy our freedom, never to sell us again into slavery. Amen? You see, sin is slavery. Asking Jesus into your heart is, has been confusing for a lot of people. Let me just explain something. Friend, when you bow your heads, whether you close your eyes, keep them open or whatever, when you turn from your sin, you turn from your selfishness, and you start confessing your sin, and you repent of your sin, listen. And by faith, you apply to you what he did over some 2,000 years ago, and the forgiveness of sins and saving your soul, you only need to do that one time. One time. There are many, even in here, that I've talked to. Say, Pastor, I, yeah, I prayed that prayer again last week. Yeah, I got saved again. No, you didn't. Saved one time. Once saved, always saved. Because when you, listen, when Jesus purchases you, when he buys you, when he sets you free, you will never be sold in slavery again. Amen? That's awesome. Now, do I need to keep praying? Absolutely. Do I need to keep trusting? Absolutely. But friend, listen. When God saved me, when God redeemed me, when God set me free, he promised me he would never sell me back into slavery again. That's good news, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? Anna knew that, but Anna not only knew it, but the Bible says that she began to tell people about it. Well, go figure. She actually got excited about getting saved. And she told someone about it. Look what it says again in verse 38. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Everyone that she would encounter or meet, she would tell them about the one who is finally here, the Redeemer, the Savior, the one who will set us free, never to sell us into slavery again. That the reason. I believe what we see about Anna is that when you see and you know the source of hope, to be honest with you, then you want other people to know the source of hope too. See, when you find Christ and you discover the hope that you have been healed, you want other people to have that same kind of hope and to know Him. You remember, we just got through doing who's your one. You see... And some of you, many of you, put that name down. Some of you have seen that person saved. Many of you are still praying for that person. But you've heard me, it sounds like a broken record up here, but one of the biggest problems is us as Christians, we've gotten over the fact of getting saved. And you know, again, if I had the cure for cancer today, that's great. It doesn't save you from hell. The only thing that saves you from hell is the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, when you get on the Holy Spirit's shoulders and you can see a little further down the road, you want other people to see further down the road as well. You may wonder, how in the world did Anna get saved? Well, okay, now, I mean, Jesus had not been born, right? He's only eight days old. He hasn't died yet on the cross. How did Anna get saved? Just like you and I did. By faith. Do you understand this morning 
Just like every other Old Testament character got saved. Just like Moses. Just like Abraham. Just like David. Friend, they all got saved just like you did. By faith. By faith. Here's how it works. By faith. We look back over 2,000 years ago. And by faith believe that he said what Jesus did for us. Right? Well, Anna, she just looked ahead by faith. How we're saved, how we're redeemed is by faith and faith alone. I love this picture. I love this description. I love the fact that she just had to tell people. Isn't it interesting that the life of Jesus begins with people talking about him and it is with Jesus telling us to go and tell people about him. I mean, listen, Anna told and we're to tell. I think about Christmas. I think about what Christmas really is. I think about what Christmas is like. I think about that if Christmas were a cabin, you know what we'd do? We would build a fire. We would take our coats off. We would take our shoes off. And we would sit on the edge of the sofa or whatever and get by the fire. And we'd warm up by the fire. That's what you call Christmas at the cabin. Now, if Christmas was a church service, we would sit on the front row and we'd have our Bibles open and we would sing every song and we'd take notes. If Christmas was a church service, we'd be right on the edge, the very edge. But know this, Christmas isn't a cabin. Christmas isn't a church service. Christmas is what it is. Christmas is God taking us and placing us on the edge of eternity where every day you and I live on the brink of forever. Aren't you thankful? And you and I can see a little bit further, a little bit better because of the hope that we have in Him. I think of it this way also. Look at this. Our hopes at Christmas are built on the redemption of Jesus Christ and our relationship with him that brings hope in the midst of a hopeless world and lets us stand on the edge of eternity together knowing that life is a vapor, but Christ is forever. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Let's bow our heads together for just a moment. And I'm going to ask Michelle and Kim if they would come now and Kim begin to play. And I want us to pray together because there are some of you here this morning. There are some of you who are watching online. And you know the pain that Anna experienced. Whether it was divorce or whether it was through death of a loved one. You know the pain of loss, divorce, death, and loneliness. And being home alone, there are some of you who know what it is to experience a sense of hopelessness. And maybe God arranged it for you to be here today. Maybe God arranged it for you to watch it online right now. To hear this truth and to hear this message that you have a choice. You have a decision. You can grow bitter or you can grow better. You can allow the difficulties and the pains and the circumstances that you're going through to overwhelm you and shape you in a very negative way. Or by faith in the Word of God and help of the Holy Spirit, He can cultivate in you and help you begin to see life through the eyes of hope. Scripture says again that Anna worshipped, she prayed, and fasted. 
If those disciplines, it's those disciplines that I believe Anna was able to live a life of hope. I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to stand together. And pastors are going to be standing here at the front to pray with you, if you'd like. The altar's going to be open for you to come, kneel, and pray. And right after service, I'm going to be in the Welcome Center at the Connect Desk, and Pastor Ben will be there as well. And we'd love to talk with you further if you'd like for us to answer some questions. But today, some of you need to actually begin the journey of faith. Some of you still need to be baptized. I have talked to a couple people that has told me that, man, I almost had my card filled out that day, but never got it filled out and just wasn't able to make it down. Well, you can make it down today. Some of you need to do that because that is the first step of obedience after you have been saved. Now, Father, today, I come thanking you that not only are you a helper, you're the God of hope. You're the God of all hope. And Lord, there are people in this place this very day that have just lost a loved one to death. Lord, there are people in here today that need healing. Father, there are people in here today that came in here and feel like, Lord, they're in a hopeless situation. God, help them to know that you are the helper and you want to fill them with hope today. And God, today I pray that people would just be honest with you. Lord, this altar as this is open, that God, it would just be filled with people coming. Just saying, God, help me. I've got this situation. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ, ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior and save you, and he will do just that. Father, today, I pray, as every Sunday, as we come together here for invitation, which is your invitation, that people would not only hear the word, preached, and taught, but God, they would receive it, they would obey it, and they would be saved, and they would be baptized. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.